أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وبه نستعين اللهم يسر ولا تعسر رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وأحلل عقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقه قولي All praise due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we thank him we glorify him we send our salutations to the prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Your respected brothers and sisters as usual we remind each other about things that will engage us more when it comes to our faith and our belief and how we can get better when it comes to humanity islam of course starts with humanity you need to be a person who is good as human you need to connect with the rest of the human race whether they believe in Islam or not you need to have a concept of uh, belief when it comes to also um, the way we deal with people um, that are not in our communities in a nutshell we need to understand this one is not connected we need to always understand how we can be better people in anything that we do and as muslims it is very important whatever we do we always need to check and see if what we are doing it is good starting from being human and then it leads to our belief so in a nutshell we're just going to remind each other Today our discussion is going to base on the time in which we are which is uh, the importance of the first 10 days of the month of Zulhijjah. We're going to look at the month of Zulhijjah. We look at the importance of those first 10 days. As we know in the month of Ramadan the last 10 nights of the month of Ramadan is very important as those are the best nights of the year the best 10 nights of the year are the last 10 nights of the month of ramadan the same thing applies to when it comes to days the best days of the year are the first 10 days of the month of zulhijjah as the quran said wal fajr wa layalin ash Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran at any given time when Allah is to draw our attention on something that is really important Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will first of all start with an oath we saw wal asr we saw different different surahs that start with an oath where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will start the discussion from there and then he Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will draw our attention as his creation on what he want us to do so in this allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said wal fajr 
he swore an oath of the early part of the day which is the time of Fajr and now Allah is telling us or he continued the vow by saying and the 10 days so these 10 days are the best 10 days of the year every single day is important every single night is important but the best nights are the last 10 nights of the month of Ramadan and the best 10 days are the first 10 days of the month of Zulhijjah so what happened in these 10 days? That is what we want to draw our attention to. Number one, that is the time when the Hujjaj, those who are performing Hajj, that is the time they will be performing the Hajj rituals. And when we talk about the Hajj rituals, it's something that does happen in Mecca. We're talking about Mecca, going to Muzdalifa, Mina, Arafah, and those places those are where the rituals take place so we're going to look at this important time of the year where muslims all over the world all over the world will come together in a place just to worship allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to look at the gathering islam says anytime that people come together allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will cover those people with his mercy or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send down his mercy upon those people this is how it goes always it is better for you to be in the group of people than always being by yourself and because of this importance Islam has made it if you pray by yourself your prayer is accepted. But when you pray in congregation, you get multiple reward on top of what you already have. So, we're looking at this in a sense that when we come together to pray, one of us or two people among us will come with some blessing because among us we don't know who is better in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us opportunity to come together and pray. By coming together to pray this five daily prayer, it creates love and care. Because the more you get to know people, the more you tend to always greet them. When you greet them, it creates love because you tend to want to know more about their well-being. As the Prophet wasallam said in our previous lesson, لا تدخل الجنة حتى تؤمنوا if none of you will enter Jannah unless you believe. You need a belief. And also you cannot believe unless you love one another. And he وسلم, said, should I teach you something that when you do that, it will create love amongst you? spread peace amongst you among you each other so anytime you say salam or greet each other you tend to want to know their well-being anyone that sees that you care about their well-being they tend to love you and that love create among each other will then spread it and become iman and the iman is what will then 
get you the reward of Jannah. So when we come together in our five daily prayer, this by itself creates some sort of bonding among us. But then look at the bigger picture. On Friday, most of the people who couldn't make it daily prayer because of their na the nature of their jobs will squeeze some time and come to the masjid. So you can see that on Friday, the masjid is packed more than other days. In this time also, it gives you opportunity to see more people within your community than the people you are always seeing in Fajr, Maghrib, Zuhur, Asr and Isha. So then it spread or your networking, your friendship becomes bigger from the smaller portion of people that you meet now to a bigger audience because of Jum'ah prayer. But now, lift from here and see the people who come for Eid prayer. When you go to the Eid prayer, the people that come there from different community and environment, the, 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 the population or the people that you meet here becomes bigger than the people that you meet for Friday prayer. In this also, what happens is it opens up more opportunity, more windows to be able to get the networking and connect with more people. So the Eid prayer is also telling you something about how people can come together and also create friendship. But with all this, the Eid prayer, the Juma prayer, and your five daily prayer, with all this, if you want to see the reality, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, when we die, we will be resurrected. When we are resurrected, those who do good will be rewarded for the good that they did. Those who did evil will also face punishment. And then you wonder, how can this gathering be? So when you go to Hajj, when you are performing Hajj, people are coming from different countries, different communities. One day among the days of Hajj, you're going to meet at a plane called Arafah. This place, Jabal al-Rahmah, you will see people, the number of people that you're going to see there, not because of business, not because of any fame, everyone came with the same intention, that is to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you see people standing next to you, whatever community you are coming from, if you might say that, mashallah, in my community, people are tall, then you come to Hajj on the day of Arafah, or when you're making tawaf, you see people that are taller than the people you are used to, then you'll be amazed. When you're thinking of, no, in my community, we are short, you come to that gathering, you see people that are shorter than you, then you will be amazed. All these are referring you and reminding you of the day of Mahshar, the day that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to bring people together. This tradition did not start yesterday or 1400 years ago. As we saw in the Quran, Ibrahim alayhi salam, who the Jew and the Christians all will have connection with when it comes to their belief. Ibrahim alayhi salam was the one Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked to construct the Kaaba. When Ibrahim alayhi salam with his son Ismail constructed the Kaaba, at that time, how many people were in, in Arabia? Because historians told us that when Ibrahim left his wife 
um, Hajar with the son Ismail, there was no one there until when they got the water of Zamzam. At that time, that is when the Arabs of Yemen, Jurgum, they were passing by. They were those who came and then lived with this family and then Ismail grew up among them. With all this, when you look at this really, you can see that the population of that people at that time will not be much. Then Quran said, after Ibrahim salam constructed the Kaaba, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told Ibrahim, Ya Ibrahim, azin fin nasi bil hajj, ya'tuka rijalan wa'ala kulli dhamirin, ya'tina min kulli fajjin amik. Ibrahim, call people towards hajj. Call people to come and perform hajj. Ibrahim alayhi salam at that time, how many people is he going to call? He was concerned, where can his voice reach? But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying to Ibrahim, Ya Ibrahim, just make the call. We will let your voice reach the people we want them to come here. So the people that are performing hajj, what do they say? After they make the intention and put their ihram, they are telling Allah, لَبَّيْكَ اللَّهُمَّ لَبَّيْكَ لَبَّيْكَ لَا شَرِيكَ لَكَ لَبَّيْكَ إِنَّ الْحَمْدَ وَالنِّعْمَةَ لَكَ وَالْمُلْكَ لَا شَرِيكَ لَا This is what they are saying, Talbiyah. What are they saying? لَبَّيْكَ اللَّهُمَّ لَبَّيْكَ Ya Allah, we have answered your call. Ya Allah, we have answered your call. Which call was that? That is the call that Ibrahim did when he constructed the Kaaba. So when Muslims gather to worship Allah, all over the world they come to the Kaaba to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, for some of us that are not there, what do we do? So this is our discussion today. We want to talk about those that are not performing Hajj. The easy way to look at what do we do is to be in a good company. Know yourself and know if you are walking on the street and people are vandalizing and you find yourself in their midst. When the police comes, they are not going to differentiate. They are going to arrest anyone that is there. That is the reality of life. So the Prophet wasallam said, the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has specific angels. They go around the globe. They go around every single time. But they are looking for hilqat al-zikr, a gathering that people are mentioning Allah, a gathering where people are praising Allah, a gathering where people want to be better of Muslims. When these angels come, the first group that will see this uh, group, they will start announcing, يُعْلِنُونَ هَلُمُّوا إِلَى هَاجَتِكُمْ Come, come and see what you've been looking for. So they are specific angels. The only thing they do is they look for where people have gathered just to praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So now they're going to give announcement. Come to what you've been looking for. And such group of angels will come and surround the, the gathering. 
example, a gathering of hours like this. When they surround these people, they will do this until they reach the horizon. They will be there until the gathering is finished. Then they go back to Allah and say, Ya Allah, we saw your creation who have come together, not because of business, not because of praise. They only came together to praise you. They only came together to gather themselves and teach each other about you. They are there just to purify your name. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will then tend the angels. Such people that were doing this, tell me, do they need something from me? Is there anything that they want from me? The angels will say, yes, ya Allah. Those people, they want the blessings of your Jannah and your protection. They want Jannah. Have they seen her? Hal ra'awha? Have they seen Jannah? And they say, Ya Allah, no, they have not seen Jannah. Allah, even though he knows, he will ask, what do you think if they could have seen Jannah? They will say, Ya Allah, Wallahi, they could have worshipped you more than what they are doing. Allah will say to those angels, bear witness, be my witness. Those people, I have promised them Jannah. Is there anything they want protection from? They say, yes, Ya Allah. They want your protection against Jahannam. Have they seen Jahannam? They say, no, Ya Allah, they've not seen it. What do you think if they could have seen it? Ya Allah, Wallahi, they could have worshipped you more and asked for protection more. And Allah will say to them, bear witness that I have forgiven them and I'm going to protect them from Jahannam. The angels will say, Ya Allah, when those people were sitting there doing this, there is someone in that gathering. That person is not part of the gathering. That person did not come to listen about you. That person was just passing by or he was waiting for someone and he decided to sit in their midst. And Allah will say to the angels, be my witness. I have forgiven that person and that person is also going to be rewarded with Jannah. The angels will say, Ya Allah, he is not part of it. And Allah will say, those people or any group of people that will come together for the sake of Allah, a bad person cannot sit in their midst. Why are we talking about that? Because when the days of Hajj comes, people coming all over the world, they are worshipping Allah, praising Allah, reading Quran, making dhikr. They will be in this for all these days. So for some of us that are not there, we want to imitate them. We want to be in the same company of those that are worshipping Allah, even though we are not at Hajj. So what do we do from the first of Dhul-Hijjah? What we can do as we are not performing Hajj is to start fasting. From the first until the day of Arafah, that will be the ninth of Dhul-Hijjah. And then on the 10th of Arafah and the 10th of Dhul-Hijjah is what? The day of Eid. So we will start fasting from the first day of Dhul-Hijjah. And then we will continue until the day of Arafah. That will be nine days. When we look at our calendar at the moment, it's telling us today is 22nd. If this goes well, it means eight or seven days. We will start fasting 
because the hujjaj are going to officially start their hajj rituals so we that are not there that is what we're going to start we're going to start with fasting know that important in as we made mention those first 10 days the reward in any deeds on those days are amazing as the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said ma min ayyamin al amal salih fiha ahabbu ila allah min hadhihi al ayyam there's no day we're not talking about night there's no day that good deeds are so beloved to allah like those 10 days so when you do good deeds Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves it so much when you do them in those first 10 days of the month of Dhul Hijjah. Among good deeds, as we know, as-sawmu jannah, fasting. Fasting is one of the things that Allah has made as part of ways in which people will get closer to him and have his mercy from the beginning of time. All prophets fast to the extent when Allah was even going to ask Muslims to fast in the month of Ramadan, he told them, كُتِبَ عَلَيْكُمُ الصِّيَامُ كَمَا كُتِبَ عَلَى الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ You have been prescribed, or fasting has been prescribed unto you as it was to the nations before you. So, when we start fasting in this first 10 days of the month of Azul Hijjah, then we will be what lucky we will be uh, we will be in the midst of those that are worshiping allah and we have taken one of the ways of worshiping allah which is one of the best way to worship allah is to fast the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam when he made mention about the first 10 days of the month of the hijjah our deeds or the deeds of that days are so beloved to allah the uh, the companion said ya rasulallah what do you mean by deeds are being, are being beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in these days? Can you compare these days with jihadun fi sabilillah? Can you compare these days with someone who went to strike to defend Islam? The Prophet sallallahu said, Wala jihadun fi sabilillah. Even when a person is competing on the battlefield in the path of Allah, the deeds of these days are better than those that action. Illa rajulun kharaja bi wa malih falam yarja min dhalika bi The only person that can, that can compete in reward in these days when it comes to deeds is a person who came out with everything that he possessed in terms of wealth. He came by himself to stand and defend the religion with his money, with everything, everything finished in the path of Allah. Then this person can compete with a person who worship Allah in these 10 days of the month of the Hijjah. This is amazing. To see the reward, small amount of days, but the reward that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has piled for a, for a group, group of people who are going to worship Allah in those days? Umm uh, Salama is saying in another hadith, the Prophet Sallallahu said, "Ida dakhalt al-ashru wa arada ahadukum an yudih 
fala yamassa min sha'rihi wa basharihi shay'. So this is one arkan. Anyone who is intending to slaughter a sheep, a cow or a camel for udhiya, the moment the fists of Dhulhijjah kicks in, that person should not shave his hair or cut any nails. So what happens is you are being in the same mood as those that are performing Hajj. The people that are performing Hajj, the moment they start that ritual, they will not shave any hair off their body or they will not cut any nails until they finish the 10 days before they can do that. So if you are intending to slaughter an animal, that means that you need to also observe this. The moment the first 10 days comes, so that was if you want to have a haircut for Eid, if you want all this, do it before the first day of the month of the Hijjah. So you're going to be in the same mood as those that are performing Hajj. So for that matter, do not shave or cut your nails immediately when the month of Zulhijjah starts and if you are intending to slaughter an animal in sacrifice. To go through this, I'm going to add one more information regarding this, which is very important regarding this day. We also know that, uh, I know there are some mavahib that women are not uh, going to Juma or they don't even go to Eid prayer. But we know Islam never stops women. Always when we talk about this, we always need to differentiate between the deen and our culture. Islam never differentiates between women and men when it comes to ibadah and anything else. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to tell us we are equal in the Quran, Allah will give you example by saying, Inna al-Muslimina wal-Muslimat, wal-Mu'minina wal-Mu'minat. That is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addressed us in the Quran. Where he said Muslim, male, he said female. Believers, male, he said female. Anything he goes male, female, until wadhaqirin Allah kathira wadhaqirat. So men are not ahead of women in anything. If you think in your mindset, you think men are better than women, find a religion, not Islam. Islam said we are equal. That equality Allah gave us because we are all min nafsin wahida. We were all created from the same soul. You did not create yourself male. You did not create yourself female. Allah chose how you should be. These are things when we talk about, we said, don't be proud of things that you did not make. You don't have power over. You cannot be so proud of your race thinking you are better than someone. Because you did not choose the race you should be born in. You cannot be proud of your parents thinking your parents are better than anyone's. Be happy with your parents, respect them, care about them, but don't think they are better than any other, anyone's parents. You did not choose your parents. Don't be so proud of your name. Your name, even the name you are calling yourself, no one sat you down and discussed with you. What do you think we should, we should call you Mubarak also? No one discussed with you. That is why it's very important when you are named, don't come out of nowhere and decide to change your name. Parents give you a name and then you feel like you know better than them. 
you come and change your name. Don't do that. These are things in your life that you don't even have power over. The same thing applies to how did you become male or female? It's not your choice. So why do you think being male makes you superior over anyone else? This is not Islam. And some Muslims, unfortunately, they translate Quran with the Bible. Because the Bible made it clear Adam being the first man was innocent. His wife was misled by shaitan and then she misled him. Quran never said that. Quran said, فَأَزَلَّهُمَ And shaitan misled both of them. He made them sleep. So do not translate the Quran with someone's understanding. Allah is telling you both of them and you are translating saying women are weak. Who told you that? So we need to be very careful when it comes to this. The Prophet said, women in the masjid of the Prophet for your information, there are ladies there. Women do come to the prayer. Not even once did the Prophet said, you are not allowed here. That is why some ahadith, you will hear it from the women. Look at the, 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 the hadith of, uh, of the Jal that Tamim Dar narrated. Who was telling us? It was a woman in the masjid. She said, we prayed Asr with the Prophet He stood up and spoke to the men. He came to the ladies. Are the ladies outside or their home? In the masjid. And he spoke to them. He said, remember, I have been telling you about Masih al-Dajjal. And I told you all prophets who came, they spoke about him. I am the last prophet and definitely he's going to come in my ummah. Which means he will come, the, tri the, the test will be on my people. Tamim al-Dar has confirmed that they got lost when they were coming on an island and they met him. This is a woman narrating what happened in the masjid at the time of Asr. So where did you got your evidence that women are not, are not, are not allowed in the masjid? Number two, the masjid of the Prophet Sallallahu at his time, there is no even barrier between the men and women. That is why the, the famous hadith came. The best safu for the men is the one in the front and the best for women is the one at the back. That is to avoid that interaction between them. So when we talk about Islam, Let's bring Islam and put it on the plate and take our culture out of it and don't translate Islam according to you. So the Prophet ﷺ is telling us regarding Eid, the prayer, Eid prayer, he said that the Aisha was telling us, the Prophet ﷺ, he used to say, women are allowed to come out even if they are in menses, to come and listen to the takbirat. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illa Allahu, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Walillahi alhamd. Women should come out to be part of it. This is a time Allah's name is being praised. The blessings of Allah is descending. 
It should be on every single one. Don't block the women from coming. If they are allowed to come for Eid prayer, they are not coming to pray, even if they are, if they are not praying, but at least they should be part to listen and get that sort of blessing that is attached with that day. And the khutbah and the dua, they should also get that, even if they are not praying. Eid prayer is not compulsory in Islam. If they are allowed that, what of compulsory prayer if they are allowed to pray? Some people even went further and said, women are not allowed to pray janazah prayer. Who told you? What is extraordinary about janazah prayer anyway? You know, so the point is, we make it so, you know, and, and we push the deen and in, involve our culture and our beliefs and whatever to the extent, we tend to confuse ourselves. Women are not allowed in the graveyard. What is in the graveyard? Graveyard is just like a what? Like a garbage bin where you go and chuck dead bodies there. You don't want those bodies in your houses. If you leave those bodies in your houses one week, you cannot survive. So graveyard is nothing extraordinary. If women are allowed in next to the Kaaba, that is your holiest place. What of the graveyard? The Prophet passed by a graveyard, a woman was crying on a member of a family who passed away. Did he say, what are you doing here? Women are not allowed. He only said, please have patience. Aisha said, I woke up at night. I saw the Prophet rushing out. I chased him, hidden behind to see where he was going. I saw him enter Baqiyah, went to pray to the dead. Nowhere in Islam, not even weak hadith, will say women are not allowed in the graveyard. Nowhere. Wallahi, the maqbara is nothing extraordinary. It's nothing extraordinary. So we are equal. The only thing what scholars said, listen to this, what scholars said, not the Prophet When you go to the burial, women should stay behind, let the men do the uh, burial, not because of anything, just because not to be crying and making too much noise that they cause get attention instead of concentrating on what brought people here. This is scholars' opinion that women, please wait until the burial. When the men move, you can also come closer and make your dua. But to say women are not allowed in the graveyard, women, this is nothing. Islam never said that. So the Prophet Sallallahu said, allow the women to come out on the day of Eid, even if they should just witness the takbirat and the dua after the khutbah. And that brought our attention. As we know, Eid prayer, it goes after the prayer then we perform, then the, the, the khutbah. Please, my brothers and sisters who go to prayer, I beg you for Allah's sake, put this in mind. First of all, Eid prayer is sunnah. Because of that, we don't pray any sunnah for it. No adhan, no iqama. No any sunnah after the Eid prayer as well. Be very important, please. Immediately after the Eid prayer. Please don't talk. Quiet and listen to the khutbah and get the dua of the imam. Very important.
Please, don't rush. Those of us who are always eager to start taking photos, please, take it easy. Let the khutbah finish, and then we can start all this. Please, I know we are wearing the best that we got. We're going to take the photo before we lose. But please, listen to this very important part. No photos starting until after khutbah, please. Don't talk, keep quiet and listen. It's a lesson that you're going to take from the khutbah. And also the imam will make dua. Allah is going to answer the dua because you are in the congregation. So please, let's take it easy when it comes to that. And we encourage our sisters who are coming to the prayer, please, even if you are not praying, try to calm yourself down and encourage kids to keep quiet. We will never encourage anything that says kids are not allowed in the prayer hall. We never, uh, uh, we don't agree with that. There are kids that the Prophet Wasallam saw. Several times we hear the Prophet is leading prayer. He will hear a baby crying and he will shorten the surah so that it will make it easy. He never say don't bring kids. The Prophet never say don't bring kids. Kids are allowed. If you bring them, please, as parents, let them sit next to you. Let them sit next to you. Calm them down. Whatever you're going to do, let them be part of it. Let them be part of it. This is our journey. So the Prophet ﷺ encourages people when they go to eat, they should try as much as possible and also make sure that ladies are allowed, kids are allowed, Everyone is allowed when it comes to that. The Prophet ﷺ also encouraged us to read some specific surahs, which of course we don't need to go into that. We already spoke about what we need to do as people when it comes to those days. Another thing that the Prophet ﷺ said, on those days it is good to read. The Prophet ﷺ is saying, especially on the day of Arafah, when it comes to the day of Arafah, the Prophet ﷺ said, um, that day, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala frees lots of people that have wronged themselves, that they are on the wrong path. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala free them in a sense of he has expiated their sins and going to reward them with Jannah. And he said, on that day, the best thing that one can say, because on that day, Allah is proud of his creation when they are making dhikr, takbirat, remembering Allah, doing tasbihat. Allah is proud of the people to the extent he will tell the angels, look at my creation. Why will Allah be proud of you in front of the angels? Remember in Surah Al-Baqarah, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling to the angels, we're going to bring vicegerents, someone on earth to represent us. The angels were saying, Allah said, Inni ma la Ya Allah, are you going to bring someone on earth who is going to commit mischief and commit corruption and share blood? Allah said, we know what you don't know. So when people come together and they are worshipping Allah, praising Allah, Allah is so proud that he will tell the angels, look at my servants. Those that you said they're going to commit A, B, C, look at them here, worshipping me, praising me. They came from different places all over the place just to come and worship me. So the Prophet ﷺ said, 
We should also do the same. We should fast on that day. For indeed, fasting on that day will fetch reward. Not only you will be forgiven your previous fast, uh, bad deeds that passed for the previous year and the coming year, as the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said. He said, So Ilan Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam The previous year, when you fast on the day of Arafah, Allah will forgive your sins from the previous year وباقية, and the coming year. And then the Prophet said to remind us, which we're going to conclude with this hadith, he said, Khairu dua, dua al The best of dua is the dua of the day of Arafah. The best of dua is the day, the day of Arafah. This day, people are praising Allah, angels are busy. Looking at how people are praising Allah, they are answering dua, taking to Allah. So the best of dua is the dua of Yawm Arafah. And then the Prophet ﷺ is trying to tell us, not only the dua, خَيْرُ مَا قُلْتُ أَنَا وَالنَّبِيُّونَ مِنْ قَبْلِ On the day of Arafah, the best thing that I have said, and the Prophet who came before me is, لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَحْدَهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ لَهُ الْمُلْكُ Say this as many times as possible. Say this as many times as possible. This is the day Allah is answering dua. Repeat. La ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika la lahu al-mulk wa lahu al-hamd wa huwa ala kulli shay'in qadir. Keep doing this all day on the day of Arafah. You are in the state of fasting. You are repeating this. Imagine the reward. Imagine the blessings. Imagine what you are putting yourself in when it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's reward. So here, we stop here. We don't want to go further. Regarding this, as we want to give you opportunity uh, to send your questions, inshallah.